Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. John has everything to do with Christmas at the beginning of this gospel. Especially when we get to verse 14. Because what we see here in in this passage, we see that Jesus was not just, he didn't just have a beginning there in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, but Jesus was the pre existent Word of God that existed from all eternity as God with the Father. Jesus is eternal, he has existed from all eternity. And that's what we see here in John. John doesn't pick up with the birth of Jesus. John picks up with the fact that Jesus has always been. And in verse 14, we see, and the Word, this Word of God, this Word who has always been, who has always existed, never had a beginning, beyond our imagination, became flesh and dwelled among us. Let's look at John chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was whom he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, your written word, and Lord, for the eternal word who is at your side from all eternity. Lord, we pray that you would give us ears to hear this morning. You would pray, we pray that you would give us eyes to see. Lord, we pray that you would amaze us by your glory. Lord, give me strength. I need your grace. I'm weak, but you are strong. In Jesus' name, amen. John begins in the beginning. 
in the beginning. And, and here we hear the echoes of the very beginning of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But this beginning goes back even further than that. We hear, in the beginning was the Word. We hear this, in the beginning was the Word. John may be uh, using language which his, the, the Greek speakers of his day may be familiar with. The Greeks thought of the Word as the, the principle in which all things consist. The, the rationality that gave, uh, gave meaning to all of the universe. But he, he means more than that. He, he means something that we see there in Genesis chapter 1. God created by His Word. He spoke. He said, let there be light and there was light. He said, let there be and everything that was came into being by His Word. And John expounds upon that. In the beginning was the Word and then it says the Word was with God. So here we are seeing John here is saying that the word that he's talking about, the, the word is distinct from the father. And the word was with God. You wouldn't say you're with someone if you're not distinct and separate from them. But at the same time, he follows that up and he says, and the word was God. And here we get some of our definition of what the Trinity is. When we talk about the Trinity, God's Three in oneness. They are distinct. Each person is distinct. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yet they are one God. Amen. There is one God in three persons. And here we see it in John. The Word, the second person of the Trinity, the Son, was with God from the very beginning. Before time began. Before creation. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Amen. And verse 2, And He was in the beginning with God. Basically summarizing what He said so far, the Word. Jesus, which we will see later, Jesus was with God. He was God from the beginning. And we see here in verse 3, All things were made through Him, and without Him, was not anything made that was made. It sounds kind of strange in the way we put it. You know, um, we would probably just say God made everything. Jesus made everything. The Word made everything. But here it's kind of tangled about, and 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 it. But basically, it just means Jesus made everything. Anything that you look at, and now the whole world, the snowflakes out there, the trees, the plants. Everyone in here, we were all made by the Word. The pre-existent second person of the Trinity who existed with God and was God from the very beginning. Verse 4, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Paul says, In Him... And I think it's in Colossians. In Him, we live and move and have our being. We breathe today because Jesus is sustaining us. In Him was life. Everything that lives owes its life to Jesus. And this is what the Bible teaches us. 
In him was life, and the life was the light of man, of men. But the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In other translations, it says, and the darkness has not comprehended it. The world has had a darkness that has come into it. We, re- we also read about that in the early chapters of Genesis, where we human beings, we have sinned. We are just like our first parents, Adam and Eve, who took of that first tree, who, who partook of that and who brought sin and death into the world. We are just like them, and we are darkened. Our hearts are darkened. We live in this world of darkness, but Jesus is the light, the true light of man that shines and overcomes the darkness. John then begins talking about John the Baptist, another John. John that wrote this gospel would be John the Apostle, the one that was one of the twelve that walked along with Jesus. Here he introduces another John, same name. I know sometimes that gets confusing. John the Baptist. And he talks about how John the Baptist came as a forerunner. We see the same thing in all of the Gospels. Whether we look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, John the Baptist is seen as a forerunner. He plays an important part in this story. It shows that John and Jesus himself was a part of the prophetic plan of God. When Jesus came, he was fulfilling the prophecies that God had promised long ago. And verse 9 says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Jesus is that true light. We have all been darkened by our sin. We have all been darkened while we were made for light, while we were made for relationship with Christ, for relationship with God, to have perfect harmony and fellowship with Him. Our hearts have been darkened and that stands between us and God. But the true light, Jesus, the true light, was coming into the world. He was in the world. The world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. The one who made everything. The one who we owe all of our allegiance, all of our worship. He is our maker. He owns us and we owe him all of our loyalty, all of our worship. And he came into the world 2,000 years ago and his own people did not receive him. The world did not know him. He came to his own people. He came to the Jewish people. The people who he had promised for centuries that he was sending someone who would be a seed of David, the one who would sit on David's throne forever. And his own people did not receive him. They should have known. They've been hearing over and over and over the prophetic word. That's so much like some of us in this world. We hear over and over and over 
the, the good news of the gospel of Jesus, and yet some still refuse to repent and believe. Jesus came to his own people and they did not receive him. But he gives a promise. Verse 12, but to all who did receive him, he gave, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? To to believe on Him, it means to receive Him. And what does it mean to receive Him? It means to believe on Him. To trust in Him. To throw all your weight upon Him. To those who receive Him. He will not come to someone who rejects Him, who says no. But to anyone who receives him, who believes in him, he gave the right to become children of God. We were once enemies. We were darkened in our mind, but he enables us to become children of God. All we do is receive his gift. We don't work for it. We don't earn it. We receive it as a gift. We believe in Him. We believe in who He is and what He has done for us. And we can become children of God. In verse 13 it says, Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This foreshadows what Jesus is talking about in chapter 3 whenever he says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. If you want to see the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. He says here, they were not born of blood. Being a believer, being someone who was a child of God is not based on a bloodline. It's not based on our pedigree. It's not based on our heritage. It's not based on being a Jew. It is based on being born of God. It is not based on the will of the flesh or the will of man. You cannot make your children or other people come to Jesus. We tell the gospel and God opens their eyes and they are born again. We can't make it happen because of our own will. It's only something that God can do in their hearts. Only the Holy Spirit can open the blind eyes and let the light shine in so that we believe. Verse 14, and here is the most amazing miracle in all of history, I believe. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's what we celebrate tomorrow. That's what we celebrate. The Word. God. Who made everything. Who made us. Became flesh. He is a spirit. God is a spirit. He doesn't have a body like people, but He became flesh. He became a human being in all of its frailty. The one who is so powerful, who is omnipotent, omnipresent, who is everywhere, who knows everything, became 
flesh with all of its frailty. Able to get a cold. Able to grow older. Able to get sick. Able to get tired. Having to need to eat food. The Word who was self-sustaining, did not have need of anything, became flesh. And He dwelt among us. He lived among human beings. When Jesus came down to earth, and when He was born in a, in a stable and was laid in a manger, God who made the universe condescended to us. He stepped down, he got on his knees, and he became one of us. That was so essential to our salvation. We could not be saved if God did not become flesh. And that is the reason why our sin is against an infinite God who is infinitely holy who is infinite in all of His perfections, and even though we may slight our sins and say, well, it was only this, it was only that, it was just a little sin, it doesn't matter how little we think it is, if God is infinite in His holiness, all of our sin, no matter how small we think it is, is infinite, because it was against an infinite God. And nothing could pay the price for our infinite sin, our infinite offense against an infinite God except the infinite God Himself who stepped out of heaven, who became flesh, who became a human being and lived among us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen His glory as of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is important. John says, we have seen His glory. This is not some made-up story, John says. This is not just some philosophical speculation. This is not just someone thinking, well, you know, just considering the world and how you know, we're so broken and, and how God just, He must love us so much that you know, He must have sent His Son out there. It wasn't some philosophical speculation. John says, we saw it. We saw this. We have seen His glory. John may have been thinking about the transfiguration whenever Jesus went up on the mountain and Moses and Elijah was there with Him and John and James and Peter went up and they saw Him shining. John says, we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Again, John talks about John the Baptist. He says, John bore witness about him and he cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. John the Baptist, you know, he was a few months older than Jesus. We read in the narratives in Luke about how Mary went to go visit Elizabeth and John jumped in the, le- in the womb of Elizabeth when he came, when she came. Because he was delighted, apparently in utero, to know that the Messiah was there with him. 
And John came, even though I'm older than this guy, he's just my little cousin, right? (laughs) Even though I'm older than him, he's better than me because he was before me. He He ranks higher than me because he was before me. He existed long, long, long before me. Is what John says. Verse 16. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. What we had in the Old Testament days before Jesus came was through a glass darkly. We saw the law, but it wasn't enough to save. We saw the law but it was only enough to condemn us. We saw the standard. We saw what we ought to do and ought to be. But the law was never enough to save. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We see more clearly than anyone in the Old Testament ever saw. And then verse 18, no one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, He has made Him known. Now we may quibble with this. What does John mean whenever he says no one has ever seen God? Well, haven't you read Moses? Don't you know about the story whenever Moses was up on the mountain and and, and God walked past so that he could see? But even then, Moses, the Scripture says, saw only God's backside. He couldn't see, and anybody in the Old Testament, no matter how high or exalted their visions that they saw, even Ezekiel who saw this wheel within a wheel, any of those visions don't compare to the majesty and the glory that we see beheld in the face of Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, or the only begotten Son, who is at the Father's side, who has existed from all eternity past, who was there with the Father, He has made Him known to us. The greatest miracle in the universe is when God became a man. The greatest miracle in the universe is that we can know God. That we can be Forgiven because He came. Because He lived a sinless life. Because He died on our behalf. Because He rose again. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This morning we're going to take up, we're going to take up the Lord's Supper. Just think about the Lord's Supper. We take... Grape juice or wine, depending on what church you're in. We're going to do grape juice here. We're going to do grape juice representing Jesus' blood. And we're going to do little crackers, bread, representing Jesus' body that was broken for us. The Word, the God who made the world, became flesh and blood. Meat. Bone and blood and was broken for us. When we partake, we think Jesus did this for us.
He did this so that I could be forgiven. He did this to take away my sins. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.